Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And uh, alongside me is no one. I'm by myself. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for producing the show. I was going to um, say, I'm here. I'm yeah, here. Right. <laughs> well, no one next to me. Usually I say the full CHGO White Sox crew. Yeah, yeah. No Vinny and Herb. I know. Yet. It's just been us two. We've been... It's just, we're just all alone. Yeah, <laughs> just hanging out. I mean, you've really just been producing the Cub show, too. So, I mean, it's it's not even like we've been hanging out. Uh, but Herb's at a wedding, and Vinny's at Guaranteed Ray Field. So, he'll be joining us in just a sec. So, you can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. We also have Jared Willis, who is more of an MLB uh, beat writer for CHGO Sports. Covers the Cubs when they're in town. Covers the Sox when they're in town. He's got two brand new articles up at allchgo.com for you to read. Uh, one talking about Corey Lee, and the other one talking about the brand new White Sox general manager, Chris Getz. Coming to you live after a White Sox loss, 3-2 to two against the Detroit Tigers, and the White Sox get swept by the Tigers. It's their 84th loss of the season. Shout out Dylan Cease. And the Sox are in fourth place of the AL Central. They are nine games back of the third place Detroit Tigers and they're 18 games back of the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. Obviously, we know that that's not their fate. Um, But I guess it's probably a good place to start. Usually, we have our guy Fred joining us and there he is. Uh, The sad comedic sprint to 100 games rolls on. Uh, The White Sox are now 16 losses, right? Yeah, 16 losses away from 100. Uh, We've mentioned the past 10 years of the White Sox baseball has just been laughably hysterical uh four of their worst seasons in franchise history have come in the past 10 years and jerry reinstorf's telling you the diehard fan and he wants to turn things around as quick as possible makes me sick because i know that's not gonna happen feels like a lot of you uh in the chat feel the same way uh matt saying fire gets fire grafol sell the team you also probably saw the giant banner on it was friday or saturday night that said 42 years as an owner seven playoff appearances sell the team it is so i don't know and i don't want to say pointless but it, it feels pointless to watch white Sox baseball at this point because what are you actually looking for what are you looking for them to achieve or succeed at because even then I know that we don't like want Pedro Grafal to fail or anything, but do you want him as a manager? Do you want him to succeed? Do you want those players to latch on to the message that he's giving of culture and everything? Because every time I hear him, him talk, it makes me sick. So I'm not sure if I really want this team to latch on to that culture message and latch on to Chris Getz's message because yes, he might be different, but got a feeling he's going to be the same as Chris Getz or uh, as, as Rick Hahn and, and Kenny Williams. So, you know, just seems like probably more seasons closer to 100 losses than 100 wins in the White Sox future. They are in the very weak AL Central, but the Detroit Tigers, who also hired a new manager back in 2021 at the same time the White Sox did, apparently they hired the manager the White Sox wanted. 
uh, Rickon used to represent AJ Hinch when AJ Hinch was a player. Um, so the whole rumor is that you know AJ Hinch was supposed to be the next manager, and you've all seen the social graphic that has Tony LaRusso's face, but then AJ Hinch's signature. Would you rather have AJ Hinch managing this roster with AJ Hinch and not Tony LaRusso or Pedro Grafal? Is this team above 60 wins like the Tigers and Guardians are? Is it a little bit more competitive? Probably. But then again, I've, I've always said that managers don't matter. And what Jerry was saying is that it's injuries that matter um, and not spending money. But even you look at the Tigers, and they went out and paid pretty good money for Eduardo Rodriguez. I know no one wants Javi Baez as their shortstop, but they went out and paid him very good money to have him as their shortstop. And then when you hear the comments from Cherry saying, you know, we're not going to give 10 years to a pitcher or we're not going to go sign Shohei, that's basically him saying, uh, you know, we're not going to go sign players over $100 million. Um, and Tom's asking at this point, is a 100-loss season conceivable next year too? Uh, what are they going to show us in the, next, the last month that will carry over into the next season other than apathy and unmotivated baseball? And Tom, I agree 100%. Because what are you looking for? Are you looking to see how good of a defender Corey Lee is? Are you looking to see how good of a hitter Corey Lee is? Are you hoping Lenin Sosa turns things around and becomes the next second baseman of the future? Hey, maybe Andrew Benatendi will finally find that stroke again, uh, the one he lost in 2018, because he said he found it. Then it seems like he's lost it. Maybe Andrew, Van, uh, Andrew Vaughn will start sipping whatever Spencer Torkelson's sipping. Since June, uh, what is that, June 12th? Spencer Torkelson is tied with Otani for the most homers in Major League Baseball. Be nice if our top five first rounder or top five first round first baseman was hitting 20 homers in you know, a three month span or so. Be nice. It's a lot that you're hoping for this team to turn around. And at this point, a hundred loss season next year in 2024 is absolutely conceivable because let's start with the big reason why they lost today. Michael Kopech goes four innings. Uh, Kopech, I'm sorry, well, I guess he went one and two-thirds. Um, it felt like four innings. Um, one and two-thirds, one hit allowed, two earned runs, five walks, two Ks, 44 pitches. Another start where you're just questioning what the hell is this guy's future. A lot of people say... You know, maybe he's got a future in a bullpen because we saw that work in 2021. But this is not what Michael Kopech was supposed to be. Um, his ERA now above uh, five. It's at 516. Um, and he was just brutal today. Four called strikes on 44 pitches. Five whiffs. Uh, a called strike plus whiff percentage of 20. Uh, Major League average is around 28, 29%. He was not missing bats. He was not effective. And... His pitch velocity was down a mile and a half on a slider and uh, 1.7 miles per hour on his fastball. So he was just not effective. His stuff didn't look sharp. He wasn't able to hit the zone really at all today. Um, as you can see with four called strikes, he was worse. And he just keeps getting worse. And I don't know what to do with Michael Kopech. They probably should just shut him down for the rest of the year because what is he going to show you? Because all he's shown you in the last 14 starts, as Herb has mentioned, what, 14 straight starts now that he hasn't gone past the sixth inning? Like, is Michael Kopech a starter? Is Michael Kopech a pitcher? Like, there's a lot of questions that keep being asked after every single start, and those questions just keep, like, keep getting bigger and bigger and more pressing and more pressing. And the fact that now this guy has lost all of his zip, all of his fastball, um, 
I mean, really, what is Michael Kopech? He was averaging 93.5 miles per hour on his fastball, uh, 83.4 miles per hour on his slider. That doesn't seem like a... Uh it doesn't seem like a, a starter right there. And Presley's asking, why does anyone think Kopech's control will magically do a 180 in the bullpen? That's a fair question. You look at 2021, you at least saw the stuff get more of an increase velocity-wise, which led to more swing and miss, which led to things being more deceptive. So I think the only idea of people saying move Kopech to the bullpen is because it worked in 2021 and you think that you'd get you know a little bit more oomph on that stuff um he would probably be able to maintain his stamina a little bit more he'd probably be able to show you a a, a you know a bigger gas tank because he's only pitching for one inning um and you probably see a fastball above 95 miles per hour again he's down about a mile uh 1.7 uh today so what you add that 1.7 back on and he's got a fastball above 95 um you know that could be effective coming out of the bullpen it's just that he's a two-pitch starter as english socks colin basically says um but the second pitch his slider sucks and his best pitch last year was his curveball so he's not throwing his best pitch last year which was his curveball his secondary pitch his slider this year is horrendous and his fastball has just been completely weak uh the last what five or six starts um he dealt with cramps uh recently uh but i mean go one and two thirds today and uh you end up getting pulled for tanner banks uh that's not a good sign and again we keep hearing that this is a developmental year and kopech keeps dealing with uh confidence issues this didn't look good I wouldn't be confident after this, and I don't feel confident in Michael Kopech after this start, and I have no idea what the White Sox should expect from him in 2024, and that's why, you know, when you bring up 100 losses in 2024, chat, who the hell is going to pitch for them? I mean, their best pitcher is Dylan Cease, and he's above 100 ERA+. plus. Obviously, he needs to work on his confidence, but let's say Cease gets that confidence back. This is your second starter? The guy who could barely go 50, uh, 50 pitches against the Tigers in September in his second year as a full-time starter? There's no confidence in this team. Maybe you'll have Jesse Schultons. Maybe you'll have Tuki Toussaint. Maybe fucking Christian Mena, uh, who's now up at uh, Charlotte, could flash a bit uh, in 2024. But this seems like a 100-loss team next year. And I understand that Chris Gatz wants to talk about the elephant in the room, the AL Central. The AL Central, at least when it comes to the Twins and Guardians, they know how to put out a quality product each and every year. The Tigers, I don't know if they're putting out a quality product this year, but if they were a little bit more healthy, because they got injury issues too with their rotation. I mean, Casey Mize is not in their, their rotation right now. Maybe that they're more, maybe they're a little bit more competitive. I really think that the White Sox shouldn't get too big for their britches because you never know what a deck of cards can uh, hold and what, what's going to be behind them. And, you know, they were dealing with uh, Boyd and Mize who both had Tommy John surgery. They bounce back and you at least have those guys in your rotation. And I don't know how good Boyd is now at like 33. Um, but at least Mize, who was a former first round pick, they could be better than you next year because they got a guy in Spencer Torkelson who's turning it around. Um, Riley Green is now injured, um, but he was doing all right. I mean... I don't know. I don't know if the White Sox can actually win next year because it doesn't seem like they're going to spend the, the requisite money uh, necessary to win. Um, we're going to take a quick break because 
after the whole Jerry speak and after him hiring Chris Getz and now you've lost three straight to the Tigers, this seems really bad. Um, and I don't know when it's going to stop when we're going to hit the floor, when this free fall is going to stop, because it really does feel like since what the last two weeks of August, this franchise has just been completely falling and falling and falling and falling. And we're getting closer and closer and closer to a hundred losses. Uh, so Leave your comments down in the, the section below. Sarah will be monitoring them uh, if you have any questions uh, for this CHGO White Sox postgame show. Um, Kopech looks tough. A lot of the White Sox hitters look tough. Um, and we'll have Vinny Duber joining from Guaranteed Ray Field in just a second. Uh, so make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button if you are hanging out with us. Uh, Want to let you know about our friends over at Splash Sports, uh, a brand new way to enjoy the NFL season. CHGO has weekly pick X and NFL survivor contests for anyone to participate for real money. To enter, head to splashsports.com CHGO or click the link in the description below and sign up. You could deposit cash to get started, and it's just ten dollars to enter either either the NFL Pick X contest or the uh, CHGO Survivor contest in the CHGO Weekly NFL Pick X contest. First prize gets two thousand seven hundred dollars. Second prize gets one thousand eight hundred dollars. Third prize gets one thousand three hundred fifty dollars. Fourth prize gets nine hundred dollars. Fifth, sixth, and seventh prize gets four hundred and fifty dollars. Eighth, ninth. Uh, eighth and ninth prize gets $315 and 10th place gets $270. And then in the survivor contest, it is a winner take all contest. Each week you pick one team to win. If they win, you move on. If you're the last person standing, you get a winner take I a winner take all prize of $4,500. We'll be running weekly contests all year long, so be sure to keep that link handy. Handy and if you want to run your own contest, if you're tired of being the commission or on leagues or chasing people down with none of the re reward, you could sign up to be a commissioner right now through our link and earn money for the contest you're already running with your friends and family. So head to splashsports.com slash CHGO to join in. We'll have different contests coming out. So we are so stoked to be competing with and against you all. Be sure to check out our link in the description again, splashsports.com slash CHGO to join in or click the link in the description below. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Game Time. Uh, if you are dying to get to a baseball game before the end of the season, make sure you're using our friends over at Game Time to check out the best deals. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. With flash deals and last-minute tickets, and easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event in your area. You'll get the lowest price guaranteed from our friends over at Game Time. It's the place for last minute tickets. And you can get image on your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And with the Game Time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and you redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, okay. So, a couple things I want to talk about from this game specifically. And let's talk about how the White Sox lose this game. 3-2 uh, final. Sox were tied with the Tigers, heading into the seventh. 
and then our old pal, old buddy, old pal, Aaron Bummer comes in, and Spencer Torkelson comes up, and he leaves the yard. As I mentioned earlier, uh, he has the most homers in Major League Baseball, uh, or actually, sorry, uh, he has the second most homers in Major League Baseball since June 12th. Torkelson has 20 home runs. Shohei Otani has 26. Uh, That's the only other players that have more home runs uh, than Spencer Torkelson since June 12th. Uh, is Shohei Otani Torkelson since June 12th and that's not including today's home run uh, in those 72 games 340 uh, 234 batting average 320 on base percentage 506 slugging uh, OPS of 826 again 20 home runs for Torkelson 33 walks and 81 strikeouts and this is just a guy that again he you're comparing the two AL central foes this is a huge spot where these two line up Uh, Torkelson was taken uh, in the 2020 draft first round first overall um, out of Arizona State uh, Vaughn the year prior out of Cal so both Pac-12 first baseman uh, both top three overall uh, overall picks uh, Torkelson went 1-1 Vaughn went 1-3 uh, both mainly first base men coming out of the draft and Vaughn just hasn't lived up to any of that hype any of that potential and it really just feels like he keeps trying to find something to unlock him he keeps trying to find something to gain that confidence back and he really has not found any stretch uh where vaughn just looks comfortable at the plate it's been over 385 games for vaughn in the major leagues now um he's got less than 50 home runs he's just at 75 doubles um his Line is 255, 315, 418. That's a 370, uh, 733 OPS, OPS, and an OPS plus of 102. Um, you know, especially with the career high being only at 17 home runs, what you want is Spencer Torkelson. What you want is a masher. What you want is a guy that is going to go up there and use all of that frame, all of that body, and just try to drive in runs. And Vaughn has not been able to do that, and it seems like he's trying to be a very professional hitter at the plate. He's going to try to take balls that he should to the opposite way. He'll pull balls only when he needs to, and he'll try to, you know, draw a walk whenever he's trying to keep an inning alive. Um, but he never seems confident up there, and it does seem like Torkelson at this point is extremely confident. Um, if you want to flash that graphic, uh, Sarah, um, these are the heat maps since June 12th. Oh, that one's that one's old. Oh, who's showing the Andrew Benatendi ones. Uh, there we go. Uh, Vaughn versus Torkelson. Vaughn's on the left. Torkelson's on the right. I don't have Vinny to make fun of me uh, with my Rorschach test. Uh, but as you can see, Vaughn, it's a lot of up the middle. It's a lot to the gaps. You could see some right center there on the, the upper right. Um, you could see some you know shots to left center right there. You could see some shots in front of the center fielder where all those like deeper concentrated reds are for Vaughn and then for Torkelson and then this is since June 12th when he's hit 20 home runs you could see all of that red extending to the warning track and beyond Um, and a lot of it's because he's pulling with power um, and he's consistently pulling with power each and every time he goes up to the plate and that's the thing with Vaughn is Vaughn is just trying to be a contact make solid you know bat to barrel I don't know it's just frustrating 
I don't really know how to describe it. It just seems like Vaughn's trying to pepper the ball and where Torkelson's honestly just going up to there to murder the ball. Um, and again, Torkelson's younger. Vaughn's now nearing his 400th game and he's got an OPS under three, uh, 733. Torkelson, while it hasn't been great for him because his first year, 604 OPS, um, he's started to settle in. Um, 752 OPS now, um, but you look again uh, in those past 72 games, he's got an OPS of 826. So if you're looking at the way that these rebuilds were done, the hiring of AJ Hinch the same year that Tony LaRusso was brought in, uh, Torkelson being drafted in 2020 and Vaughn being drafted in 2019, doesn't seem like the, the, the Tigers are in a great space uh, because, again, they're in third place of the AL Central, but it does seem like they're in a better spot than the Chicago White Sox, and this is a team that in 2021 won 93 games. Uh, so it's very frustrating to see all of this and it's also not shocking that this team loses three straight with Luis Robert Jr. being out and I think our guy Ellie uh, up there mentioned 40 home runs for Luis Robert Jr. He was supposed to be in the lineup today but then he was scratched again. Um, We'll get an update from Vinny Duber on what's happening with Luis Robert Jr. but when he's not playing, when he's not in the lineup, there's no real reason to watch the September 2023 Chicago White Sox. Maybe you're a diehard fan. Maybe you've already paid for your season tickets. Maybe you just want to be that person that has seen every single White Sox game uh, that you possibly can in your life. And hey, uh, you know, more, more power to you. But at this point, if Luis Robert Jr. is not going to be out on the field, I can't really recommend anyone watch Chicago White Sox baseball because there is nothing outside of a Tukey Tuesday that is going to get me thrilled to turn on this team. Because, again, we, we hear it in the, the Baltimore series, Pedro Gafal saying that, you know, the, the team level percent, uh, the, the, the team hustle percent is at like 80%. There's that play where Anderson rips one into center field to Mullins. It gets under Mullins' glove, and he only gets on third, where you see him kind of walking out of the box. Um, there, there's no hustle. There's no heart. There's no real try or how to on this team. And nothing is really grabbing your eye or attention outside of can Luis Robert hit 40 doubles and 40 home runs? And if he's going to be injured, if he's going to be banged up, if he's going to be dealing with stuff, then you got to ask the question, should he play? Should you just shut him down for the rest of the year? Because again, you're not going to get over 63 wins. I don't think. I mean, I guess technically they could, um, 53 and 84 now. Um, but still, I mean, do we think the White Sox, what, 160, great radio, uh, 25 games left. Like, do we think the White Sox can actually win 10? Do we think the White Sox could go 10 to 15? And Fred says it, Vaughn's bad for a number three overall pick who's only a hitter. Yes. And, and Torkelson, who is a number one overall pick and a hitter only, so far is starting to show those flashes that he's figured it out at the major league level, which is bad for the White Sox because that means Andrew Vaughn hasn't taken those steps. And it's bad for the White Sox again because it means that Spencer Torkelson is taking those steps uh, for the Tigers. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll let you know about our friends over at Ray Auto. And then we'll head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and chat a bit with our friend Vinny Duber. I want to let you know, though, about our friend's 
over at Ray Chevy. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team and we are talking to the team at Ray and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership asking things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you in? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, the answers will be no. I'm not active in the military. Herb's a farmer. I'm not. Uh, and I'm not a recent college grad. Um, but Ray wouldn't matter to them because the price I see is the price I get online. The price you see online is the price you get with no add-ons to the price ever. And in fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you on which may make the price lower than you see online. And as one of the top selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at $21,495. And now through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing make zero payments until 2024 plus put no money down and best of all pay zero hidden fees with the ray price promise visit ray chevrolet in fox lake or or raychevrolet.com uh serving the community since 1963 find new roads and again you could visit their website uh where you can find that ray price promise at raychevrolet.com we also have friends over at foco uh bobbleheads back there i think there's a southpaw one hiding back there yeah he's up there uh there's a ta one behind me as well hiding out uh those lovely bobbleheads were donated to us by our friends over at foco uh go show them some love at foco.com or click the link in the description below again foco.com get fitted in the best sports gear around they have hoodies shoes signs bobbleheads and everything in between and since it's baseball season they have aloha shirts straw hats polos bags everything you need for a game so check out foco.com or click the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off and the final read before we welcome in Vinny duber is our friends over at DraftKings. college football fans are you ready for week one DraftKings at casino queen sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't miss offer to start the season strong this week new customers can bet just five dollars in college football and score two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly anything can happen in college football your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years ask our friends over at dnvr do you believe are you a believer in coach prime uh, if you are, you can go bet on them at DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Uh, download the DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and use code CHGO. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook at Casino Queen Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-4-2537, 21-PLUS, Illinois only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Let's head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and welcome in our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. Hi, Vinny. Hello, Sean. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. It's, uh, you know, me and Sarah just hanging out here uh, with uh, no Herbie Hollywood. Uh, it, it was less crowded here at the studios, less paparazzi, so that was good. Um Sox lose, though. Uh, we we kind of mentioned this. I think it was like last time you were in studio. Um, Sox haven't been swept a lot this year. So, I mean, silver lining of getting swept is doesn't happen that much. 
<laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, not not good. Not a good weekend at all. I mean, uh, the Tigers are ahead of them in the standings, but uh, as we know, that doesn't uh, take a ton to do. They're one of the few worst teams in baseball this season. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, the Tigers, I don't think anybody would be considering them a contender or the team that, uh, you know, should be going around uh, busting out brooms against very many teams. Uh, but they sure did it this weekend against the White Sox and in pretty uh, ugly fashion for the White Sox. If we're being honest, I think yesterday's game was probably the ugliest of the weekend. But uh, you look at today, another really poor outing for Michael Kopech uh, is, is probably putting it mildly five walks and he only got five outs. Uh, it, it was, it was just another ugly one for him. I, I tweeted out his second half stats and boy, they are not good. Um, you know, guys are just reaching base a ton against him. Uh, the walks are just crazy. And, you know, we talked to him after the game. He doesn't really get why it's happening uh he both him and pedro talked about the work that they're doing between starts that he's doing with ethan katz and they're finding answers they're finding the fixes and the adjustments that they need to make and then he said things start going at game speed and he can't make those adjustments um that's not what you want to hear from somebody who is penciled into a number two spot in a rotation for next year uh, for this white Sox team um you would have to imagine that no matter who they go out and get they got to be better than michael kopech has been so far this season. So, um, but Pedro Grafol keeps talking about that. They have not even talked about moving him to a relief role, uh, that, you know, it is all about them needing him to be part of their starting rotation for next year. So he's got a month left before the season is over. He needs to figure it out. And, uh, you know, I asked, does he have enough time to do the work that he needs to do? Because we keep hearing Pedro talk about how this is the evaluation time come spring. That's not a reliable evaluation time in his mind. This is when it needs to be get done. Well, if you're evaluating Michael Kopech right now, you're seeing a guy who can't throw strikes. You're seeing a guy who can't, you know, get outs. You're seeing a guy who can't do the job that he is being asked to do. Um, and really, given the White Sox situation with the starting rotation moving into 2024, that needs to change in a hurry. Um, and so he's got probably a handful of starts left that he really needs to look a lot different than he has looked for basically the entirety of the second half. Yeah, I mean, there was a comment earlier saying, you know, what is keeping this team from losing 100 games next year? Because it seems like they're on the uh, on track to lose 100 this year. Um, and with all the question marks in the pitching rotation, I, I don't, I mean, I, I would probably pencil them in for 100 losses just the way that Cease, Kopech, and, and that rotation is looking. Um, I don't hate that Pedro was kind of double downing, uh, though, and, and saying, no, we believe in Kopech. We want to see him as a starter. Um, you tweeted out the the stats like you mentioned 10 starts uh 39 and two-thirds innings pitch 39 hits 33 earned runs 40 walks 32 strikeouts 11 home runs a 749 era not good for Kopech um did they talk a little bit more about the tweaks that they were trying to make because we did see Kopech at least for the 44 pitches that he did throw today um was mainly slider fastball did he talk about those two pitches and, and if he was just trying to gain confidence on those two pitches or do they kind of keep that stuff close to the chest? Well, I don't think the stuff is the issue right now. At least let's put it this way. At least it wasn't today. Um, you know, I, uh, today it was talking about losing the mechanics, losing, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And I think that's probably what you're seeing on a regular basis, right? Because it's about the location. It's about him executing these pitches. It's not like, um, I think the whole reason that there is that double down that you talked about, that there is that faith and, and Pedro even said it after the game today, you don't have starters that come around very often with the stuff that Michael Kopech has. And so the, 
you know, I, I see a commenter calling it a desperate need. Yeah, certainly that's the case because of the state of the pitching that this te- this this organization has going into next year. But it's also just a oh, it's so close. Imagine what he could be, and we've seen very brief glimpses of it. But I think it's just that. Think about if you could take a guy with this stuff and turn him in to that starter that he is. You know, you don't want to say on the verge of becoming because here we are in what year, whatever of him being part of this organization. And we're still we still got these huge question marks. The numbers uh, are as bad as they've been at the major league level for him right now. Uh, but they see it in there and they see the potential for a guy to go out and be able to throw 100 pitches with that kind of stuff. So um, it's 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 not just a desperate need, but also a desperate want, I guess you can call it. Right. And so I think that um, that is what's driving that. But really, at the moment, unless they go out and make a ton of moves, he's going to be in this rotation next year. So it's not really that this is his last chance to impress or his last chance to get it done, but it's maybe his last chance to make it so they can go into next year with a little bit more confidence. And you're not saying, oh, this team is just a last place, 100 loss team. You know, I, I think um, that certainly as you look at the roster right now, you, I understand why you would think that, but um Obviously, Chris Getz is going to have a lot to do over the offseason. I think it's going to be pretty important uh, to do a lot, particularly when it comes to the pitching, like you said. So it does seem like next start for Kopech likely would be against Detroit next week. Like that that, that does seem in line. Like Pedro doesn't seem like, oh, we, we were not going to hold him back at all. He, he was asked that. He was asked, basically, would you consider just giving him a mental break and not of a specified length of time, but here we are at the end of the year. Is there an idea of, you know, that could be any length of time, right? That could even be the rest of the year, maybe with how bad it's been. Again, that's entirely just hypothetical, but he was asked that, and they said they haven't talked about it, but um, that's all he said, that they haven't talked about it yet. It, it, it wasn't – when he was asked about the possibility of becoming a reliever, he was a lot more, you know – emphatic about like he we really would like him to be a starter this is the what our plan for him is uh when asked about the potential of a break of any kind he was just like yeah we haven't discussed that so um maybe something like that is coming they do have an off day on on thursday coming up i believe so and a a few of them over the month of september so i suppose um they could work some little bit in there to give him give him a fifth day give him a sixth day here and there but um we'll see what becomes of that i think right now it's probably pretty hypothetical yeah, 25 games left, so maybe we see five more starts of Michael Kopech, but, um, I mean, may- maybe we see, especially after the, the AAA season ends, maybe a Nick Nishrini or Christian Mena gets a start um, after those seasons ends, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor that and see what happens. Um, let's talk a little bit about Clevenger, because he wasn't good yesterday either. Um, the pitching was pretty rough this weekend. Uh, 12 hits for Clevenger yesterday. The big story was, obviously, he was on waivers, but... No one picked him up, and he's he's back on the Sox. I don't know if there's much to really watch with, you know, uh, Clevenger for the next five starts that he will be making, but it's still the kind of storyline that you wrote about before he was put on waivers. You know, is he going to be a White Sox in 2024? Yeah, I mean, I guess that uh, his performance going completely the opposite direction would maybe increase the chances of that happening, right? I mean, I think the whole idea there is that, you know, you've got to look at the money. It always comes down to the money. And um, that's why he didn't get claimed on waivers, right? People didn't want to pay half uh, or or be paying five and a half million dollars to just have him for a month or a month and a bit 
including the playoffs if it was a playoff bound team um and so now we're in the situation where okay he's sticking here the rest of the year but now let's look ahead to that mutual option and and for for what is it it's 12 million dollar mutual option um does he think he can get more than, I guess you would say, what, eight or nine kind of for next year to when you add in the buyout to kind of make that go along? Um, maybe, maybe not, right? Because maybe the whole idea is uh, if, if things look a lot more like they did yesterday, then all of a sudden this is his interest uh, or the, our team's interest in him going to plummet. So um, we'll see. We'll keep following it. Obviously, there's there, we're, we're going to get a resolution at some point because free agency starts right after the playoffs is over. The playoffs are over, excuse me. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something to watch the rest of the year because you'd have to figure with a relatively small sample size of him being really good the month of August, right, um, is that same small sample size – in the month of September going to feature him not being very good. And is that going to determine what sort of free agent market he will have and whether the pitching starved white Sox would be like, Oh, well sure. We'll pay you $12 million to stick around for another year. And he's all of a sudden like, Oh, I don't know if I can do any better than that. And, and maybe he does have to do that or maybe it plays out in entirely different ways where the, where the, where Chris Getz wants to go in different directions, where Mike Clevenger wants to go in different directions. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors in there, but certainly you would think that the amount of money and interest that Clevenger could get on the free agent market as dictated by his results over the last little bit here, um, will, will factor heavily into that. Yeah. We'll wait and see. And hopefully he doesn't have more starts where he gives up 12 hits <laughs> because uh, I'm sure he's hoping that as well, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I think the other thing that White Sox fans are hoping is they don't uh, see Luis Robert placed on the IL. Uh, what's the update? Because I know that he was in the starting lineup uh, today and then uh, scratched as we got closer to game time. Uh, so is it just precautionary with, with Luis Robert or is this something that might extend to the Kansas City series? It's the, the same thing each of the last two days. He was in the starting lineup and scratched. Apparently, it's just cramps in the quad. Like, you know, that, I guess, happens. And, you know, we, we've seen it with other players earlier this year. I think Kopech himself came out of a start, mm-hmm. what, a couple of weeks ago, um, dealing with cramps, obviously. And it was not a big deal. He made his next start. Um, yeah, they're just being cautious. They don't, you know, they can see the standings. They know they're 30 games, excuse me, 31 games below 500. Um, they're not going to risk the health of a guy that they've got signed to a long-term uh, contract, you know, to, to play him here in, in September of a lost season. So um, uh, it, they, the, Pedro said before the game that the hope is that he it's completely gone by tomorrow and he can play. I just think they don't want to have any lingering anything in, in his legs by the time they send him out there. So why not give him a day? But I will say this. Uh, every time something little like this happens and it is little, you know, it's nothing to be concerned about necessarily, but closer and closer, uh, is that going to be that 150 game goal for him? Uh, I think the highest he can do now is 153. Um, you know, if he plays every single game, uh, the rest of the way. So, uh, we'll see if, uh, he's able to hit that number that, uh, is really the only number that he's thinking about this year as he, uh, amasses quite a, an impressive collection of numbers in many different categories. 
Yeah, still seven away from uh, 40 doubles, still five away from uh, uh, 40 home runs. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, looking to close in on uh, 150 games is uh, about 22 left, uh, 22 away with 25 games. So we'll see. Uh, what's the biggest storyline with the 25 games left? Is it Luis Robert Jr.? Just how magnificent can he make that 2023? Is it the pitching storylines that we've kind of alluded to with Kopech, Clevenger, and even Cease struggling? Um, or is it maybe Corey Lee? <laughs> So we saw him deal with a, another pass ball today. But um, I know Jared uh, wrote the story about uh, Pedro saying, you know, it's, it's real important for him to be working behind the plate. Um, what's the biggest thing in the, in the next 25 games, avoiding 100 losses for the Sox? Uh, I mean, certainly they'd like to avoid 100 losses, you know, and, and certainly everybody should be tuning in to watch Luis Robert Jr. because you never know what sort of ridiculous home run or ridiculous catch in the outfield is, is, is going to come from him just playing on a regular basis because he's that that good and he's been that impressive this season. Uh, but for me, it's got to be all the stuff that dictates what happens in the offseason, right? So um, you, you brought up Cease and Kopech and, and, and the starting rotation. And yeah, you know, they if that, I mean, not if that will be their number one need this off season, but how big of a need is it going to be, right? Is it going to be something where they need to um, go out and get one, two, three, you know, legit major league starting pitchers? Is it a thing where they're going to have some depth, but you know, it'll be depth that, you know, maybe they've got four or five guys fighting for one or two spots at the back of the rotation come spring training kind of thing. Um, and is it going to be a situation where they need to go out and get somebody who's, a number one starting pitcher, right? I mean, like Dylan Cease, you would never, you know, this time a year ago, he was making a case for the Cy Young Award. You'd be like, oh, they have their ace. Boom, lockdown. He's had a disappointing season. Michael Kopech, we, we talked about earlier in the show, such a question mark. Where does he slot in? How many better pitchers do you need than him? You know, long-term projection. Obviously, there aren't many uh, pitchers worse than him this year from a statistical standpoint, but um, moving forward. So Chris Getz has starting pitching on his to-do list. I'm sure of it. It's just how many guys and how, what kind of guys do you need to get? But even more importantly uh, than that is probably these young guys, right? Colas, Sosa, Lee, right field, second base, catcher. You could make an argument by the end of the season that all those positions need to be filled, uh, you know, are, but it's what they think. Do they trust in Corey Lee to, to give him another develop or a full, I should say, developmental year next year to see if he can handle this job? Do they say, Lenin Sosa, we've seen the power. We're intrigued. We'll take the power. We'll go ahead and give him the second base job next year because we think we can get X amount of home runs out of the guy. Right field, Oscar Colas, they were so, so high on this guy coming into the season, dating all the way back to the very beginning of last offseason. And now he's done very little other than, you know, kick the ball around in right field and, 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 uh, you know, not really do much offensively. So is he still a guy? Remember they gave him a pretty big international free agent deal. This is a guy that they've had a lot of faith in for a while now. Is he going to be the right fielder of the future? And do they, are they comfortable rolling the dice on letting him prove that over the course of a full season in 2024? Um, you know, a few weeks here, a couple of months here over the course of the 2023 season is maybe not enough to tell you what these guys are going to be. And, and certainly, uh, you know, while no one should be impressed with what they've seen at the big league level from a guy like Colas or even Sosa Lee, who's whose playing time has been much less. Um, you can't really argue. I, I don't think it's really fair to argue that you've seen what you need to see and you can make your uh, decision that this guy's going to be a nothing or something like that. Um, so maybe the White Sox say 
you know, yeah, give him a shot next year also. Um, we heard from Rick Hahn saying contention was viable. We've heard from Chris Getz talking about their ability to compete in a weak AL Central division. What is, though, Chris Getz's vision for this team in 2024? And, and, and does he think that this team should be built to contend? Or does he say, hey, look at all that. Look at all those starting pitchers we got down in double A right now. Maybe 2025 is what we should be building for. He hasn't really um, laid out a plan because he's obviously only been on the job a, a, a few days. Um, but uh, come the end of September, it would um, it would figure that we're going to get a, a press conference or a media session from him in which he will kind of preview the offseason. So, um, yeah, that's for me what people should be paying attention to over the course of September is what does it mean for November, December, January, and 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 what kind of course will the White Sox chart this offseason as they look toward 2024? And I guess final question, just to build off of that, I mean, how much do we take in Jerry's comments where he says he owes it to the fans to do this as fast as possible? Um, you know, Chris Chris uh, Ketz addressed the elephant in the room, saying they, uh, they play in the AL Central. It, it seems like at least... I, I feel like I, I could assume that this team would be going for it this offseason, right? That they're going to at least be aggressive in, in some uh, shape or form of that word. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that strikes me as being the case. Um, it, it would certainly from what Jerry said, uh, you know, I think the idea is that Chris can probably get a lot more specific on what needs to happen where on what he would like to see improve where. Um, but listening to Jerry the other day, his whole point was, I hired Chris Getz so we could get this done as quickly as possible. Um, he said that not only did he bring up the AL Central as well, but he brought up his faith in this core, saying, look at all this talent we got. This is the foundation we got. I'm not saying that all of you should agree with him on that front, but if you're talking about are the White Sox going to go for it, are the White Sox going to try to be a competitive team next year, or are they going to take a year off to compete better in 2025, I think the former is more likely, um, just because of, of what we heard from, from the chairman uh, uh, on Friday or on Thursday, excuse me. So, um, like I said, Chris Getz will get into more specifics, but to me, that sounds like there's going to need to be some significant influx to this roster. Um, I don't know if you can get up there and say, we're going to compete for the AL central title. Oh, and we're going to start Colas and Sosa and Lee on opening day next year. Um, and, and like I said, those guys aren't those guys are just starting their careers. Their careers aren't over. You can't make that declaration yet that they are not going to be able to do anything moving forward. But from what they've shown, that is a third of a lineup that you would not be confident in really at all. And then there's all the other question marks with the guys who are relatively more established, right? Your your Moncadas, your Andersons, um, your Vaughns, that kind of your your Jimenez is that kind of thing. So um it's going to be an interesting offseason, Sean, because I think we're going to we're, if they're going to contend, they're going to have to bring in a lot of a lot of folks. Well, it's like if the 2018 team wanted to contend in 2019, like, I mean, they still need a catcher. They still need a right fielder. They still need a second baseman. They're coming off 100 losses. We don't know who's going to pitch for them. It should be exciting uh, because, hey, that's a lot of turnover <laughs> to, to, to see happen. Um, I, I also found, I just wanted to throw out this note. Uh, I didn't bring this up but uh, yet, but uh, in USA Today, uh, Bob Nightingale wrote, Hall of Fame 
first baseman Frank Thomas, who wanted to be the White Sox new GM, now is openly conveying his interest in replacing Chris Getz as the farm director. So, hey, uh, let's keep it in the family. You know, if, if one 2005 White Sox goes out the door, uh, why not bring in another guy? Um, so, hey, if Bob's been right uh, about all this Chris Getz stuff, it means that I guess, you know, hey, Frank Thomas is coming back and off the, off the, uh, the, uh, the TV set. Listen, it takes two to tango, right? And uh, <laughs> what's been reported is that Frank wants the job. Uh, it, it, it has not been reported that anyone wants to give it to him. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, a quick uh, post game here after the Sox get swept. Uh, we'll be off tomorrow for Labor Day, but we'll be with you on Tuesday uh, to recap the Royals and White Sox. Hopefully, Luis Robert Jr. plays because him versus Cole Ragan should be a fun matchup for uh, the Royals and Sox. Uh, that's Vinny. You can follow him again at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can check out allchgo.com for all the written work uh, for uh, covering the Sox. Uh, Vinny's got some stuff from the past week about Chris Getz. Jared Willis has some stuff on Corey Lee and Chris Getz as well. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And uh, thank you to Sarah for producing the show. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Go Sox. Go Sox.